We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the final DFS OG's podcast of the season. Always a tough moment. I always love doing these podcasts, but we are going to wrap it up here with some analysis of the divisional round. As always, looking at the fantasy plays, uh, we'll try to better our betting picks, looking at the lines, the spreads, uh, and have a little fun here along the way. So let me bring in my boys, my OGs here, been joining me all season long. You know them well, Head Chopper. Notorious boys, we got a lot to get to here today, and I'm not even talking about the games. We're, we're going to get to that. That's secondary. I'm talking about females taking down a million dollars, which is great, but females that don't even play DFS seemingly, they don't like fantasy sports. You can now play with your wife and put 300 entries in. So, Derek, I know your wife plays, so there you go. Chop, I'm pretty sure your wife doesn't play, but now you can double up your entries. Uh, we got $10,000 boxing matches to talk about. So, guys, there's a lot going on out here in the DFS street. So, Chop, let's let's go to you, buddy. What, what thoughts on all these uh, controversies we got going on here to start the new year? I'm just really excited that we may finally, may finally get a boxing match out of this. I, I actually <laughs> – there's probably a pretty good chance that somebody bails out, though, man, as it gets closer and, and the tempers kind of start to, you know – Simmer down a little bit. Which which side bails? Ooh, that's a good one, I, man. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Draft cheats, my guy. I like draft cheat, but uh, he, I, he he may have been a little shook last night. He may have been a little shook when he actually got called out to the boxing match. This isn't siege, man. You know, you're not gonna be able to to run around the ring and avoid this guy. This guy's actually – but I don't know the specs on Randone. I don't know how big he is. I know Drafty's a pretty big boy, man. And when You know, if you ever get get up to him in person, he's got a little size on him. So, But uh, – and then Randone may just sit, sit back and go, you know what, 
I, I'm I'm too good for this. I'm a former I'm a former bachelor contestant. <laughs> I don't need to be boxing this guy, so he may bail out. I don't know, but I hope hopefully it all goes down. I'll for sure reserve me a plane ticket out to Vegas or wherever they want to do it and watch that sucker. Oh, absolutely, uh, and it, it's gonna be streamed, little pay per view action. We do need a tail of the tape. Uh, get get some measurements and a weigh in and. Get some specs on these guys, but uh, interesting. Derek, any thoughts here? Uh, uh, bachelors and 300 entries and boxing matches. Uh, welcome, welcome, anybody to the new year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way this thing has spiraled out of control is uh, a little crazy. I mean, it started with uh, somebody posting the different exposures they had, uh, and it started with Randon congratulating the, the guy of the relationship, um, and then it just went from there. And some of the content that we've gotten from this scandal has just been amazing. The videos, the all the draft trees tweets have just been amazing. I think uh, I got like three hours of work done yesterday, and I was on Twitter for probably 10 hours. So uh, my product- productivity has taken a hit. Um, as for, I mean, the wife playing, yeah, I thought it was a cool story at first, but I mean, look, my wife likes sports more than most, and she plays DFS every once in a while. She's not grinding 150 lineups and making sure her exposures match to mine. I'm not saying they did it, but uh, there's a high chance that um, they were colluding a little bit. But um, you know, hopefully, you know, DraftKings will do their thing, uh, make a, the right decision for the industry. And uh, either way, hopefully we get the boxing match going. Yeah, for sure. And another great Hitler video. So, Draft Cheat, thank you for that, sir. I, I enjoyed that. Maybe not your finest video, but it's still some, some good shots in there. And uh, I'll work the Super Bowl squares angle and the Seth Yates in there and a little oh, yeah. Derek Cardi in there. I mean, he, he, he hit all the bases with that thing. Beer, did you see the, the Dusty video? I have not. Is there, is there no, a new video? That, that was better than the Hitler video. The, Dusty, our boy Dusty, man. Whoo, buddy. Big T made an appearance. <laughs> he had a Big T cameo in there. It was crazy, man. It was, it was, that was some fun. That was some funny stuff right there. All right. I'll have to uh, check that out as well. The good, the, the good keeps getting better here, apparently. So, well, let's, uh, let's go and transition from that and let's take a look at the games. Coming off a crazy uh, wild card weekend. So, First of all, how did that go for you guys? I know there were some upsets in Minnesota, obviously. Uh, Buffalo had the game in hand, had to piss it away. The end of the Tom Brady, New England era, uh, everybody burying them now. Uh, Seattle with a big win. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, wild card weekend, how did the DFS go before we move on here uh, to the division around shop? How did it go last week? Uh, not, not particularly well. Uh, I, I started off well with the Derrick Henry and I thought he was a little bit under owned and I was well overweight, but that was totally canceled out by Dalvin Cook being so massively owned and then, and then putting up the same type of game as Derrick Henry. So that good, those, those canceled each other out. And then, you know, when, then when you're overweight on Michael Thomas, yeah, it's not a good look. So ultimately as a as a losing weekend yeah i was a break-even weekend was very high in dk metcalf that worked uh, a little too high on uh, on traquan smith uh, obviously didn't do much of anything as did the rest of that new orleans team so uh some decent plays but uh, didn't piece anything together derek where is you had a pretty good week out there is that correct yeah by far my best week of the year it only oh, took me 18 weeks and it was all thanks to showdown uh, my main lineup wasn't very good um ended up winning the 180 in the 400 in the texans game and then finished in the top five of those two in the patriots and the eagles game so yeah it was a good week uh ready to keep it rolling all we had to do was take jacksonville off the slate and <laughs> boom the kid's a winner so good job buddy i'm proud and glad to hear it and uh 
Let's keep the ball rolling here. So we got divisional games, uh, four games on tap here for us. Uh, once again, DraftKings kept the four-game slate as their main uh, slate. FanDuel continues to divide it up into Saturday-Sunday. They do have a Saturday-Sunday slate, but it is much smaller. So FanDuel, you're, you're really penalized uh, playing Saturday-Sunday. Yahoo also has a $150,000 tournament. So plenty of action out there. Let's get started, guys. we got Minnesota and San Francisco in the opener. Minnesota, I think, obviously shocked the world. Uh, New Orleans was a team I expected to do well in these playoffs, maybe make a run at the Super Bowl, but uh, derailed here. So Cousins, say what you want. He got it done, made some good throws down the stretch. Dalvin Cook looked good. Uh, San Francisco sitting back, getting healthy here. So, Derek, let's go to you here. Can Minnesota continue this run? Uh, and DFS-wise, do we attack San Francisco through the air? Do we go back to Dalvin Cook? And then make way of that San Francisco backfield. I think that's the big question. As a moster, do we just not trust it at all? But uh, an intriguing game to start us off here, Vikings and Niners. Yeah, this is one of those games that's probably better to watch than to target when it comes to DFS. But there's only four to choose from this weekend. Um, as far as the Niners go, uh, Minnesota seventh in total DVOA. They're pretty good against the run, pretty good against the pass. Um, their biggest weakness is by far their secondary so uh, that's probably how I'll be looking to attack them. Uh, Manuel Sanders, Debo Samuel, both feel a little bit underpriced um, over the last three games. And far, as far as the running back situation goes, Mostert's led the way in terms of snaps, 54%, rushing attempts at 47%, and they uh, gets a few targets as well. So he'd probably be my preferred option there. But they still have a bunch of guys that can mix in. Um, Jimmy G, I don't know why. I just don't trust him in big spots just yet. Maybe I have to see it first. Um, he seems like, you know, he kind of relies on his defense and his coach for a lot of his success. And, you know, maybe he'll get the job done and maybe they'll win the Super Bowl. But for now, I kind of just don't trust him. Don't really want to play him in DFS against his defense. And George Kittle, even though the Vikings are very tough on tight ends, doesn't matter. Uh, Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And uh, I certainly like him this weekend. For the Minnesota side, you know, Kirk Cousins, I joked about it last week that, you know, it wasn't a primetime game, um, and he played pretty well. Uh, for whatever reason, he just doesn't like those nighttime games. This is a morning game, so that should help him a little bit. I won't be playing him in DFS because uh, he does face one of the best past rushes and one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Uh, I think the best way for them to move the ball is going to be through Dalvin Cook. Ended up playing 78% of the snaps last week against the Saints. Had 30 touches. Um, I wish I would have had more exposure to him last week, but uh, probably won't be making that mistake again. I think he's an excellent play, and I do think his ownership is probably going to be pretty low once again. As far as the receivers go, uh, Diggs will probably run more routes against Sherman um, than Thielen will, so I'll side with Thielen once again. Uh, he had the big game last week, and I think uh, Cousins is going to go to him often. So I like Cook. I like Thielen. Uh, but for the most part, this isn't a game that I plan to have a ton of exposure to. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much with you. I do like Dalvin Cook. I mean, you look at some of the numbers for the Niners. Uh, they've allowed over 100 yards rushing in the majority of the games this season. So the defense is good, but uh, we've seen some lapses out of this team and been giving up some points here towards the end of the season, Chop. So are, are people going to look at the San Francisco team and, and, and avoid it because they've been a good defense? I say recently they haven't been as good of a defense. So are you attacking them? Are you, are you staying more of a uh, sit-back approach like Derek is on this game? Uh, thoughts here to open us up, Vikings and Niners. Well, for, first of all, Minnesota, it was a good win in New Orleans. Man, but I'm, I'm shocked that a, a veteran team like New Orleans with all this playoff experience could get beat at home like that against an inferior opponent that they, they, shouldn't, have, they shouldn't have been beat by. And they, they ruined all my Wong teasers, man. They just blew everything right out the water. So I was very disappointed in that. that but for some reason, 
like Drew Brees, man, just never got into a groove against the secondary that should have been very susceptible. Just never got the ball going to Mike Thomas. Never like – it just is baffling to me sometimes how these teams don't pick up the pace and play with a little more tempo when offensive when offensively they're not going very well. And, and then New Orleans never did that and then came back and bit them. So I don't think Frisco has that problem. I don't want to attack the San Francisco defense. I think they'll be better than they were all at the latter part of the year. So uh, if people want to load up on Cook, go for it. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna fade him. I've been making these some lineups already, kind of feeling it out, and it is very, very difficult to do Dalvin Cook in the same lineup with, let's say, a Lamar Jackson and a good wide receiver. It's just tough to do, especially on DraftKings. Almost impossible. You feel really terrible about your other six players out there. So I think you got to pick and choose some spots here and I think Cook may be a fade for me just because I want to play more Lamar and some of these other good wide receivers on the Frisco side here's the problem and I talk about this we me and Big T talk about this in our showdowns a lot when we have San Francisco you always love Frisco to put up points but how the hell do they get there because you look at the running backs Mostert is leading the way now but even that means that he's capped at his most carries since Brietta came back from injury, he's been 14 carries. He's going to sit between 10 and 14 carries. Coleman's going to be between three and six carries. Brietta, two and five carries. Like, it's hard to pin it down. They're they're so touchdown dependent. You're going to have to get a touchdown or two out of one of these guys to make them pay off. So that's tough. They're uh, wide receivers. Emmanuel Sanders had the big blow-up game against New Orleans. Other than that, he hasn't been particularly good since the trade to San Francisco. Uh, then you think about uh, Debo. Well, since Kittle came, Debo had two massive games while Kittle was hurt. When uh, Kittle came back, Debo really hasn't done all that much since then. I got stats, man. I pulled up stats this week. I, I got them. Yeah, oh, I got, got some air yards for us. <laughs> I know no air yards. I don't mess around with that. That's two. That's two big time stuff right there, but. Like, Debo hasn't really been all that great since Kittle came back from that little two-game injury. So, like, where are they going to get – obviously, Kittle's the guy, man. If you're looking for Frisco to score points, you can play Kittle. So, that's the that's the number one guy I'll be targeting on San Francisco. The rest of this stuff is just – it's tough. And like Big T always says, like, if you're going to take chances on guys like Richie James and uh, who else is out? Dante Kendrick Pettis. Warren. Yeah, if you're taking – it, yeah, like, there's, there's just no reason to do – you're lucky if they get a touchdown and there's just not much upside. So even on a four game slate, I totally get those guys out of my player pool. Yeah. I mean, on a showdown slate. Okay. You're looking for that 200, $400 guy that that can do something, score a touchdown. It's much more valuable. If a guy just scores a touchdown in a showdown slate in a four game slate. Okay. Kendrick Warren scored a touchdown. Is is that going to do you any good? So uh, I'm, I kind of like Debo. I I really like Kittle. I'm with you guys on that one. Uh, I think he's the obviously the engine that makes this thing go. But uh, Debo's a guy that get involved in the rushing game as well, which may take away from Mostert some of those guys. I mean, two rushing touchdowns in the last two weeks, uh, 33, 28, 33. The rushing yards are there. Uh, doesn't get a ton of targets, but efficient with the ones he does get. So uh, Debo would be the guy that I'm willing to take a shot on in that offense. But outside of that, you know, it's tough to trust Garoppolo. Uh, these defense, what about the defenses? Because that's always a tough uh, tough thing to play here in, in these four-game slates. Uh, which defense here, Chop, stands out, or are there better plays uh, down the line? 
Oh, San Francisco for sure. I, I, uh, I don't have a lot of interest in Minnesota's defense. And San Francisco, I do think that they get to Kirk Cousins. And, you know, I think they, I think they do all the things this week that we thought New Orleans would do to them last week. And they just never did. I think Frisco does that this week. Yeah, you, Derek, any thoughts there on the defenses? Yeah, I mean, this leads into the betting section, but hammer the Niners defense. 3K is a great price point. Uh, we're not really paying that much more than we are for the other defenses in the slate, and they do have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. I think they're going to get to Cousins, and if they're playing with the lead, I mean, they're just going to pin their ears back in this one. Yeah, and how many times have we seen a team you know, get a really emotional win and the locker room's going crazy and then go and lay a dud the next week because they, they laid it all on the line to beat New Orleans. Now you got to travel across the country play a team that's well-rested, a team that's better than you in their house. Uh, you could just see Minnesota really going flat here. So I agree with you guys. San Francisco defense, the way to go here. Betting-wise, Derek, you brought it up. Uh, and we're going to get – we got some we got some updated totals uh, on the betting line. So we're going to see who came out the winner here and how we did uh, overall. So uh, we'll get to that at the end of the show. But here we go. Last picks of the year. We got San Francisco minus seven at home. The total sitting at 45 Chop, let's go to you here first. Frisco all day, all day. Derek. Same. Uh, opened at six and a half. I would much uh, prefer that over seven, but still take Frisco at seven. Uh, clean sweep here. Minnesota, I just I don't think they can pull it up again and, and make it happen again. So uh, I agree. If you can find six and a half, jump on it. Uh, I think this could go possibly to seven and a half uh, if you get enough action on San Francisco. So uh, I will agree, though. San Francisco. Minus the seven. All right, Saturday night we have Baltimore uh, entering the playoffs here now, coming off that bye against Tennessee. Went into New England, got it done. Got to give them credit. It was a heavy Derrick Henry game plan. They've been very efficient since Ryan Tannehill took over. No different last week in New England. Can they do it again here, Chop? I mean, this is a, a one team that was kind of faltering down the stretch, losing to Miami. Uh, so we kind of saw the end of New England coming. Now you got Lamar Jackson and company at home who have, who have been a steamroller here. So does Tennessee have any shot in this game? Chop. Uh, yeah, they got a shot because they, they are playing real well right now. Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear I me now? I got you now. I got you now. Yeah. All right, right, right. Yeah, they do have a shot at it. Before I even get to that, though, I, wanted, I, would, I do want to point out there's actually people on the Internet. There's actual people on Twitter who are trying to bend statistics to say that Ryan Tannehill's game oh, I saw that. <laughs> was more important to Tennessee's victory than the Derrick Henry game, that oh, the passing is so much weighted. And, like, man, guys, who, you have who, such a – Who's doing that? Come on. Yeah. It's All you guys watch the game. I mean, Derrick Henry dominated exactly. that game. <laughs> it's a guy that not only do I not follow because he was so biased against the running backs – but I had to mute all of the things surrounding him because I, I kept seeing the t retweets pop up in my timeline. I was just done with it. I don't want to see it no more. Such a bias against running backs that you'll try to bend it to where you say, Ryan Tannehill's 72 yards passing was more important to a victory against New England than the Derrick Henry game. All right, okay, bud. You, you win. I'm done with you. But Tennessee does have a chance to win because they are playing hot. They do have a great running offensive line. If Derrick Henry gets rolling downhill, they play keep away. They could play keep away from Lamar. You know, in a good in a good scenario for Tennessee, they could absolutely pull the upset here. I don't think they do it, but it's there for them. But I like Baltimore in this game. We'll get to the spreads later. But 
Since I like Baltimore and I think they control this game, I don't think we see as big of a Derrick Henry game. So I'm not as much on Derrick Henry and DFS. I would probably probably lean more towards the passing game here if I was going to do anything, but it's not a great matchup for Tennessee, period. It's the Baltimore side that's interesting. I, I want to load up on Lamar, man. I came into this thing going, oh, I'm going to have so much Lamar Jackson. Then I started building some lineups just to play around with salaries and realized just how hard it is to stuff that salary in on DraftKings. Last week, the gap between, man, I think it was Drew Brees or whoever was the top quarterback on DraftKings, the gap was like twelve or $1,400, something crazy. This week, Lamar's – the gap is $3,000. Like Lamar is eighty four hundred, and I think Tannehill's down at like fifty four hundred. Yeah. So it's something ridiculous. It's so hard to build good teams with Lamar Jackson. So I don't know how that's going to play out. I love Lamar. I love Mark Ingram. I got some numbers for you though. We've been like ingrained that you have to pair your quarterback with a pass catcher in tournaments. I don't think you have to do that this week. Not with Lamar Jackson specifically. Over the last 14 games, you know, after week two when they played Miami and then Arizona, the last 14 games, Baltimore doesn't have a 100-yard receiver or tight end over that whole span. Nothing. None of those things. Uh, after that week two game against uh, Arizona, Mark Andrews, their leading guy, has only averaged 48 yards a week uh, receiving. Like – Ingram's had six games of like 29 or more yards receiving. So if I was going to pair Lamar with anybody, I may pair him with uh, the running back, Mark Ingram. Then you get all the rushing touchdown equity and you get a little piece of the passing game. And, you know, like, man, I just – I don't think you have to pair your quarterback. If, if you're taking Lamar, I don't think you need to pair him even in tournaments with a wide receiver. I just don't think it's worth it. So that's my take on that. I do like Marquise Brown. I do like Mark Andrews, all those guys in a vacuum. But – I don't think you have to pair either one of them with Lamar to win tournaments. And I got some numbers here to add on to that. So, I mean, you don't necessarily always pair quarterback running back, but I think it'll be contrarian. Uh, we look at some of the numbers for Ingram. The last three times that he's crossed 20 fantasy points on DraftKings, Lamar Jackson has had some of his biggest days in those same games. So, you know, the argument is always the running back's having a big day, the quarterback can't. You look at some of the games Lamar's had, in those big games for Mark Ingram, 32, 36, 37 DraftKings points. So those two seem to be very correlated together. They get the running game going. Is it as good of a matchup as they've had in the past? No. Tennessee good against the run. But I really like that call and the correlation that a lot of people are going to try to force in Hollywood, Andrews. And that's fine, but going a little different here, any little small difference you can make on a four-game slate I think really helps. So I like that call a lot, Chop, Jackson, and Ingram. Derek, your thoughts here? Uh, we got the big Derrick Henry game. Do we go back to that? And then do you agree with us here on Baltimore? Is there a different way to go here? Uh, an interesting game here with Titans and Ravens. You know, this is why I like doing the pod with you two. You guys are sharp dudes. I wasn't really expecting to play a lot of Mark Ingram uh, before coming out of the pod, but you make some good points. And I do think you can pair him up with Jackson. I don't think that would be a very popular route. It might be pretty popular individually, but um, yeah, playing them together, I think that's going to be very contrarian. And I like it quite a bit. You get uh, all the rushing touchdowns, and that might be you know all of his touchdowns for the Ravens. So I do like that call. Uh, Lamar, you guys mentioned he's just been awesome. He's top 26 fantasy points in every game but one since week six, and he's top 32 fantasy points six times during that stretch. I'm fine pairing him up with Brown or Andrews. I mean, their prices have at least come down uh, to match their production. So while they haven't had you know huge ceiling games, they are cheaper than they were earlier in the year. 
Um, but wouldn't be messing with any of the, you know, ancillary pieces of Snead, Boykin, Roberts, any of those guys. Uh, for the Titans, it's really just Derrick Henry or bust. Uh, the only way they're going to win this game or at least keep it competitive is if they can give it to him early and often. Uh, we saw him have 35 touches for 206 yards last week against the Patriots. I just don't think they're going to be able to move the ball through the air. So if they get down big, uh, it could be trouble. And then, you know, we could see the Ravens defense have a really big outing. I just don't trust, you know, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, who put up a zero last week um, against the secondary. You know, they have Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and Earl Thomas back there. It's going to be really tough uh, for the Titans passing game. And not to get too sidetracked, but uh, how bad was the coaching in this uh, wild card round? I mean, we had – the Bills and Texans game, which was uh, one of the crazier games I've ever seen. Um, some of the decisions made by Bill O'Brien and, uh, and then were terrible. And then we had the Saints playing it safe. I mean, they kept their timeout with uh, over two minutes to go. They could have stopped the clock with like two and a half minutes. And then they kind of ran out of time uh, in their last drive of the game where they kicked a field goal. They would have plenty of time to score a touchdown. And then you had the Patriots playing it safe. You know, they didn't go for it on fourth and short. You know, we've seen Belichick go for it on fourth down in his own territory in years past. So it was very strange to see some of the coaching decisions last week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Buffalo blew it. Uh, and it was a combination of the coaching and Josh Allen. That, that lateral was maybe the worst football play I've ever seen. Uh, New <laughs> Orleans not calling that timeout. And it, it was like 250 on the clock. Yeah. And you still had the two-minute warning in play. And to run that all the way down made no sense. So, yeah, it was, it was bad. Uh, and coaches cost these teams some games. I mean, Drew Brees didn't help. Josh Allen didn't help. But uh, some of the most egregious coaching I've seen. Chop, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't for the life of me, man. I don't understand why how you can have all this money invested into this a franchise like this and, and have all these auxiliary coaches out there. You know, you have a – a backup tight ends coach. This guy just coaches the backup tight ends, you know, all these crazy tight, but you don't have a clock manager coach that tells you, Hey, Sean, you know what? <laughs> Your best bet right now would be to take this time out at two thirty-five, and then we'll have an actual chance to win this game and not just play for the field goal here. And, and instead he lets it run down to the, you know, two minute warning and then <laughs> never uses the timeout that right. he didn't spend, never uses it. Go, yeah. you know, that just baffles me how you don't have like a clock manager coach that just does nothing, but that's his whole job is to focus on that. Some of these guys are really terrible at it. I don't understand it. Just, it just makes you think just how sharp are these guys really? And why, why do these teams play for ties? Like, go for the damn touchdown. End yeah. this game. Well, you really want to go to a coin toss, which is a whole other thing that needs to change. Yeah, yeah, man. That is Dude, as archaic as it gets, is we're you're... letting heads or tails decide who wins these games. It should be like the college game. Each team yep. gets a chance. Best team's going to win the game. It's going to go blow for blow, just like it would in boxing, in UFC, in any other sport. You're going to go toe-to-toe. The better team's going to win, not – Oh, we won the coin toss. We got the ball first. We ended up winning. So even the stupid change of the field goal, the other team still gets it. No, no, no. They need to change that now. That needs to be one of the focuses of the offseason, in my opinion. Yeah, I would I would add on to that that the Saints in regulation, their entire season, because they had a timeout and because they took that, you know, that penalty that ran off 10 seconds and for some reason they took that that took that 10-second runoff. With it. yeah. <laughs> like, because of that, I was just sitting there thinking when, when uh, Will Lutz was lining up for a field goal, this 13-3 and three season all comes down to a 46-yard field goal because you didn't manage the clock right. Now, I know he made it, and they went to overtime. They had a chance. They still lost because 
that's just justice. But their entire season came down to a 46-yard field goal because, uh, you know, you mismanaged the clock. That's just, it's just baffling, man. With a kicker who missed one earlier in the game from a shorter distance. You're, you're putting the game in his yeah. hand. I know he's been good this season, but I'm sorry. I'm not – I'm putting the game in Drew Brees' hands well before I'm putting the game in my kicker's right foot. So, crazy. All right, where do we leave? I think we left, we got our analysis in, right? We got we to gotta make a spread pick here. Is that where we're at? Yep. Got any final thoughts in that game, or are we, we just making a pick here? Pick them, pick them. All right, we got Baltimore minus eight and a half, 46 and a half on that total. Derek, we'll go to you. I think the game stays competitive for three quarters, but I think the Ravens end up uh, winning this by double digits. So I will take Baltimore. Chop. Man, I tell you, it all comes down to the Ravens' defense for me. Are they for real? Because they put up some great numbers in the second half of the year. Or was it just a product of looking at some of the quarterbacks they played? Boy, I'll tell you what, they played some bad quarterbacks. Is that what is that what generated some of those big numbers for their defense? So if their defense is real, they'll definitely win this game. I'm going to go with the Ravens in the spread just because the wild card weekend can always be a little wild. But when you get to this this weekend right here, the cream of the crop usually rises. So I think Baltimore is the better team. I think they win this game going away. I am going to go with the under here. You have two teams that really like to run the ball a lot. Uh, I think you could see a lot of, you know, clock grinding down and, and quarters that you don't get a lot of points. I know the Ravens have put a ton of points on the board, but if Tennessee can establish that run, we saw them go on some long drives uh, in that game against New England. Uh, Baltimore wants to do the same thing, and the number trending down. Opened up at 48 and a half, uh, went to 47. Now we're down to 46 and a half. So uh, I'm going to take the under in this one all right let's move on to Sunday uh, early action we got Kansas City and Houston a rematch uh, I think it was week seven or so this week six uh, these two teams played this exact setup in Kansas City Houston was able to win that game 31-24 uh, nice performance by Deshaun Watson there so chop we'll go to you here first Houston survived that that play by Watson where he was dead to rights somehow makes a play out of that tends to do this at the end of games, make things happen for his team. It's a tough draw, though, going to Kansas City in the playoffs, taking on Mahomes and company. So does Houston have a shot here? Can they repeat what they did last week, what they did earlier in Kansas City? Or do you just see the Chiefs rolling here at home? No, I, I think, you know, in the right scenario, Houston can pull the upset here because they, they do have a quarterback that uh, can do a lot of things. Like the, when the third down comes and you absolutely have to convert, he can use his legs. He's done, he does that. He can, he, he's pretty good in the pocket. So there's a scenario where they definitely can win this game. The Chiefs' defense has looked really good lately, but I don't know if some of those numbers are skewed. I'm looking at some of the people they've faced off against. I'm not too impressed. So... Uh, but for Houston, like, the Kansas City defense has been really good against wideouts of late. Well, I don't, I don't think you're going to – you know, if Will Fuller plays, you're going to have a hard time handling both Fuller and Hopkins. I think Hopkins has a really big game here. I don't think you can cover him very – like, he's not a guy who needs separation anyway. He's going to, you know, just throw it to him in a game like this. I can see Hopkins having a big game. So, I think Houston scores some points, keeps this thing close. I think they do it with Watson and Hopkins and maybe Fuller if Fuller plays. Uh, if Fuller doesn't play, I'll go back to Darren Fells and Kenny Stills as secondary targets in that offense. I think there's enough meat on the bone there. Uh, Kansas City's the interesting team. 
they're pretty they're pretty cut and dry, man. Mahomes, two big pass catchers, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Uh, either one of those guys, I'm going to stay away from. There'll be some sprinklings in there of people throughout this weekend playing Demarcus Robinson, Hardman, or Pringle. I'll avoid all those guys, man. I just want the big two. I want Hill or Kelsey in this offense. Damian Williams is the running back I want. I think Kansas City puts up points, so I think all four of those guys, Mahomes, Williams, Hill, and Kelsey, are perfectly fine plays. Another guy I liked last week, found the end zone, didn't do much, uh, but had his best game of the season against Kansas City in this same spot, Carlos Hyde, Derek. uh, You know the Chiefs are not good against the run. Uh, 26 for 116 in that game, 22 DraftKings points. So uh, if we get anywhere near that at 5K, I think he's viable. I think Will Fuller, a big domino, this offense – just so much better when he's in there. Didn't do much in that game, but it opens up things for Stills, for Hopkins, for the tight ends, for the running game. So I think that's a big one to keep an eye on. Uh, pretty much agree with Kansas City side. I think you can play any of those guys, uh, any combinations here. I think we do get uh, a pretty good shootout in this one. But Carlos Hyde, Derek, agree, disagree here. 5K, pretty nice price here on DraftKings. Yeah, he's one of the more interesting decisions that we have to make at running back because the best way to beat the Chiefs has been on the ground. They're 6th in DVOA against the pass, 29th in DVOA against the run, but game script is a big concern. You know, they're 9.5-point underdogs, so if they get down big, it's going to be the Duke Johnson show, um, who actually played pretty well last week too. So uh, I'll probably have sprinkles of both running backs and just kind of, you know, play, you know, both game scripts. But um, I don't think I'll be locking either one into my main lineup. I don't mind Watson. Uh, Chiefs don't have the best pass rush, and they have allowed the 10th most rushing yards to quarterbacks. We saw in the second half, Watson just took over, had 14 rushes for 55 yards in that game. I kind of think, uh, you know, he'll be scrambling to make as many plays as he can in this one as well. And like you guys mentioned, if Fuller's active, I think that helps his offense as a whole. If he's out, I don't mind going to Stills again. I don't mind going to Hopkins, uh, even though the Chiefs have been very good against receivers. Uh, um, you can beat them with tight ends, but I don't think I really want to play Fells. maybe, you know, in a sprinkling of lineups here and there. And then with the Chiefs, I agree with you guys. It's just the four main guys. Uh, Mahomes, you can pair him up with Hill. You can pair him up with Kelsey. And you can even pair him up with Damian Williams, try to get all the touchdowns there for the Chiefs. Uh, you can beat the Texans on the ground or through the air. And I think Williams is going to be my favorite point per dollar running back play of the week. He played on 66% of the snaps in week 17. I don't think they want to, you know, roll out LaShawn McCoy, Spencer Ware for more than a handful of snaps. So I think it's going to be the Damian Williams show. We kind of saw him take over toward the end of last season, and uh, he had some really big games in the playoffs as well. So I love Damian Williams. All right, spread-wise, uh, it's climbing uh, towards the Chiefs. Uh, it's been really moving that direction. Uh, early on here, we're up to minus 10 uh, here on the Sharp Side app, which if you haven't downloaded yet, we talk about it every week. Uh, great place to go for spreads, totals, player props for all the different sports. A contest going on right now. Uh, lock in some lock bets for a chance to win some FanDuel credit. Just have to go on a streak. So uh, no time like now to jump in and download Sharp Side. So minus 10 here for the Chiefs. Derek, 51 on that total. I like the idea of taking the 10 with the Texans and taking the over. If this game stays close, I do think it'll be high scoring. So uh, give me that little two-team parlay. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same mindset. I definitely like the total going over. Uh, You know, we saw him go over 50 in the first game. Uh, I think we're going to get another shootout here. I'm leaning Houston, but I'll just lock in the the over for now. Uh, Chop, what do you got here? Uh, I like the over. I think uh, Kansas City can put up points, and I don't think Deshaun Watson lets this team get blown out of the water so he'll keep pace, 
eventually maybe even picking up the pace of the game for the t- Texans offense, which would, which would help with the over. Yeah, that's, I, I just think Houston can hang around and, and make this it go over that total. So three, three on the total, and Derek, with, with the nice little parlay there. So throw that in, uh, in your sports book. All right, last game, Seattle and Green Bay. Seattle, ugly game in Philly, but got it done. You know, it, it, wasn't, the, the, it wasn't the prettiest thing out there, but you got to give them credit, uh, especially DK Metcalf uh, just comes up huge in that game, makes some massive plays. Now go to Green Bay, uh, an intriguing game here, Chop, uh, a game I think is going to be very close. Uh, I actually think Seattle ends up winning this game, but we'll get to that here in a minute. But uh, where do we go here? Uh, more talk of Marshawn Lynch is going to get the ball more. Uh, do we just trust Russell Wilson? Do we go back to DK Metcalf? Uh, do we swerve to lock it? And then Green Bay, is, is it Rodgers in the passing game? Is it Aaron Jones in the running game? Uh, wrap us up here, Seattle and Green Bay. Yeah, Seattle's another one of these teams where the coaching is just totally suspect, man, almost all the time. Like, it's clear as day. I mean, it can't be any more clear that this this offense is at its best when you let Russell Wilson get up to the line with a little bit of tempo and improvise, sometimes even call his own plays, you know, and and scramble around and run. Instead, they want to just turn around and, and slow this thing down and hand it off. So, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see Marshawn Lynch, who matches up theoretically best with Green Bay, if we see Marshawn Lynch get a bunch of carries. But if Seattle was smart, they'd let Russell do his thing on offense. I don't know if they're going to do that, though. So that'll be the big thing. But I'll go back to Russell. I'll hope that Aaron Rodgers can score some points and push the pace so that Russell Wilson, they, they let Russell have more stuff here, more, more responsibility. I like Russell. I like Tyler Lockett this week more than a lot more than DK Metcalf. That was a really good matchup for Metcalf last week. I think this is a better matchup for Tyler Lockett. I can sprinkle in some Jacob Hollister. I do think he's the next option in line after Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, that, that's, my, that's pretty much what I want for Seattle and Green Bay. I think, I think, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to score some points here. I think – clear Devontae Adams is number one and just as clear Alan Lazard has taken over the number two role so I do like Lazard this week because almost impossible to put like uh, Lamar Jackson Devontae Adams and then a good tight end on your lineup it's just tough man so you got to find a way to save some money I like Lazard as a money saver this week Jamal Williams should be back. That's going to take away from Aaron Jones' touches. When when they're both healthy, it's it's like a 55-45 split in favor of Jones. You can go there for the upside, but – and another big salary. I don't know if you can afford it, man, and for just a, a flyer pick like that. But, yeah, I, I, I hopefully if things work out right, Green Bay puts points on the board and makes Seattle catch up to them. That's, that'd be the perfect game script for me. Yeah, I mean, if you want to play Russ, that's what you're going to need because they are going to try to run the ball. And, again, we're trying to work Marshawn Lynch more into the game plan. I mean, sure, he scored touchdowns, but it doesn't look like the same guy to me. But uh, agree with the Tyler Lockett call. I think I, I want to go back to to that way instead of going with Metcalf, who was great. But uh, Lockett is now cheaper than Metcalf on DraftKings. So I will take that discount. Green Bay side, Derek, I got it off the way off the radar flyer. Give me some Jimmy Graham against his former team. Seattle's been terrible against tight ends. And Graham <laughs> seven targets last week. I know it's been ugly. He's he's dust. He's washed. Whatever you want to say, but uh, Jimmy Graham thirty three hundred. Talk me off of that ledge here in Seattle. 
Uh, unfortunately, I cannot talk you off. Uh, I'm right there with you. I think he's one of the better salary savers of the week. I know there are a lot of good tight ends to spend up on, but uh, 3,300 helps you kind of fill out the rest of your lineup. As you mentioned, Seattle really bad. They're almost as bad as Arizona uh, against tight ends. And uh, I forgot about the revenge narrative. So you got that going for you as well. Uh, the rest of the Packers, I really like the spot for Aaron Jones. I know uh, Jamal Williams is going to cut into that workload, but um, Seattle, just really bad against the run. 26 in DVOA. They give up a lot of catches to running backs as well. And Jones, I think he's going to get 60-plus percent of the, the work here. And uh, if Rodgers doesn't miss him, you know, a few times for easy touchdowns, then I think he's going to have a nice day. Probably won't be playing Rodgers. He hasn't had a lot of uh, upside so far this season. Uh, but I like Adams. I like Lazard. Like Chop mentioned, I think he's a nice salary saver as well. So uh, it's kind of weird to like all of Rodgers' pass catchers and not really want to pair him with Rodgers. But that's kind of how I am at this uh, point of the week. And then for the Seahawks, yeah, <laughs> Carroll came out and said he wants to feature Marshawn Lynch this week. I'm not sure I'm buying it. Uh, I think the best thing to happen to the Seahawks is that the running backs all got hurt and now they're forced to kind of uh, air it out with Russell Wilson. Even in a game where they were playing from ahead, he had 30 pass attempts and nine rushing attempts last week against the uh, Eagles. And then in week 17, he had like 45 uh, total touches, if you will, uh, against the Niners. So I think it's going to be another Wilson week. I like uh, Lockett like you too. Um, now that he's cheaper than Metcalf, I think that makes a lot of sense to swerve to him. And I don't mind David Moore and Jacob Hollister is, uh, you know, nice value plays as well. You know, Moore's been playing. Pretty much 70-plus uh, percent of the snaps uh, as a wide receiver three. And then Hollister had a tough matchup last week, a little bit better this week against the Packers. They're much better against receivers than they are against tight ends. All right, last betting picks of the season here. we got Green Bay minus four at home, 46 on the total, Derek. This one is really tough. The four points seems like too much, so I will take the Seahawks plus four. But uh, I don't like them on the money line like you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Seattle here. I, I've watched this Green Bay team. I've been uh, unimpressed all season long. They, they've, they've looked good in spots, but I, I don't think they're as good as, as their record indicates. Uh, Seattle has been fantastic on the road this season. I think they're 8-1 or after that win in Philadelphia. I think they win this game, so I will gladly take the four here and uh, the old sprinkle on the money line for me. Hate to say it as a Green Bay fan. All, all my cheeseheads out there, hate to say it, but I think Seattle wins this game. Chop, what do you got? Well, Beer doing some serious reverse jinxing there. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I know where hey, you're you coming you got to do what you got to do. It's playoff time. <laughs> I mean, I do – I think I think Green Bay probably, you know, ekes this one out, but I, I do like taking the points with Seattle. I just – I don't think there's a ton of separation. I think the separation in these teams is, the, is that it's at Green Bay. If it was at Seattle, it'd be Seattle. Probably as a slight favorite, and I, and I take Seattle. But uh, in this case, Seattle's the underdog. I'll take Seattle. All right, now let's take a look at the final tallies of the season. I want to give a shout-out to a listener out there, Jeff Chedister. Uh, picked up the ball and ran with it here and uh, put together an outstanding spreadsheet for us. Said he loves the pod. Uh, i got to pull up his quote, Chop. He, he specifically liked one of your quotes, so i got to find it here. Give me a minute. It, it had to do with Andy Dalton. You remember the Andy Dalton quote, Chuck? Uh, there might have been – there's a couple of them, but it might have been something to the tune of red on the head. Red on the head. Red on the head like, head a, like a dick on a dog. That's, something yeah, something that's, along those lines. So, uh, But he, he loves the show, loved, loved that quote there, and uh, really did a good job with this. So he has a Roto-Grinders care package headed his way, so I wanted to give him a shout-out here on the pod. Thank you for listening. 
and appreciate the hard work. So, drum roll. We ready for the totals here, boys? Let's do it. So we have just total wins. We have one with 95, one with 97, one with 98. Ooh, that means chop one. The unit bets because he he abstained from too many games early in the year. There were some abstaining, definitely. Uh, Chop made the least amount of picks with 173. Derek, 179. And I had 184. So overall, group total, we were 54.1% on our picks. So getting out some winners there. So third place, 95 wins, myself. So the lowest percentage, the most picks, and the least amount of wins. The wild card weekend did not help me at all. 0 for 4 on those picks, so hopefully you didn't listen to those. But 51.6% for the season on the spreads and totals. 97 wins. Derek, 97 of 179, 54.2% overall, which gives the win to Chop. Most wins. He was picked, so he was selected. He was efficient. You were the Ryan Tannehill of the picks here, Chop. 98 of 173. Golf clap. 56.6%. <laughs> you are the champ here, Chop. What, take the stage here. You, it's the, it's the, the Grammys, the Golden Globe, whatever. You're the big winner here, Chop. What do you got to say? Man, why can't this? Oh, when are the, when is the legalized betting going to come to Texas? I, I I'm I'm fever, I'm fiending for it now, man. I I got to have some legalized betting. I that's why we got to have this boxing match. So just for an excuse to get to Vegas and play some bets. There you go. So that will wrap us up, though. Again, thank you to Jeff. Uh, thank you to Eric uh, earlier in the season for uh, doing the first half of the season, guys. We, we love the listeners out there. Been getting some great feedback. Really glad you guys enjoy the show, and just want to say thank you for listening each and every week, all season long. I think I could speak for both of these guys. We love doing the show, uh, but it's great hearing that good feedback. So thank you to you guys. Also, want to send a shout out to Devin uh, at Roto Grinders. Uh, puts up with my BS, gets this thing out to you guys every week. So uh, Devin, thank you for your hard work, and thank you to you two. Uh, always make me think more and, and look into things more, and. Uh, it makes me a smarter player uh, hanging out with you guys. So shout out to you guys and, of course, all the great listeners out there. So final thoughts from you guys here. Chop, we'll go to you. Wrap us up here for this season. What do you got for the peeps? I mean, it came, it flew by, and now we're we're in the podcast. That means that uh, we're on to uh, the last two major things of the year after this, which is uh, the two games slate and then – in a couple of weeks, and we'll do the showdown. So, just flies by, man. Now we got to sit around, and the weekends are going to be get pretty boring after this is all over with. So that sucks, but yeah, just like you said, appreciate everybody listening. I mean, I, I still I find it hard to believe that people would actually sit down and take their time to listen to a podcast like this. Like, <laughs> I, it's just weird that. Yeah, I mean, I, whew, I, I don't know. So I appreciate, I do appreciate, like, it's just weird, right? That people want to sit down and take time out of their day to listen to it when uh, there's a lot of entertaining stuff out there you could be doing or watching or listening to, but we appreciate you listening to this one and we'll be back next year. I'm almost sure of it. And uh, we'll see if we can't, someone can't crack that 60% mark. There we go. We got, we got new goals here. I, I gotta, I gotta be more efficient in my picks. I gotta abstain more like Derek. So <laughs> I wonder if all your Jags money line picks made it onto this sheet. So I'll, I'll have to go back, <laughs> go back and look at that. But 
Uh, Derek, final thoughts here, buddy, for the season, uh, for the divisional round here, for the playoffs. What do you got for the peaks? Yeah, thanks to everyone that listened uh, throughout the year. Thanks to everyone that left us uh, some nice reviews on iTunes. That was good. And uh, as always, been a blast with you too. I hope to see you guys at the Super Bowl party. You guys going to be there? I will definitely be there. Chop. Oh, yeah, I got going. Definitely got the plane tickets already. There we go. Nice. Party and uh, Nashville, baby. And final note, if you guys get bored on the weekends, play some fantasy golf. Uh, I love fantasy football, but fantasy golf, man, that has my heart. So if you haven't tried it yet, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I mean, get over to Roto-Grinders. Uh, great content just because we aren't doing the pods anymore. There, there's plenty of other great stuff there to get you ready for golf. Uh, NFL, NBA projections have been killing it. So something for everybody. If you haven't jumped in yet, now's the time. Make sure you go check it out. Download the SharpSide app as well. And best of luck this week, next week, uh, and the rest of the season and all your sports. And hopefully we're back. Let them know. You, you want the OGs back? Uh, reach out to the people at Roto-Grinders let them know we'll want the OGs back in the house. But, again, to wrap it up, thank you to you two. Thank you to everybody for listening. For Rotogrinders.com, I am Beer, speaking for Chop, speaking for Noto. We thank you. We are out. <laughs>